We're going to kick off a series today that we are uh, entitling Reset. Reset. I I shared with you last Sunday, I played the Sega Genesis growing up. Um, I just shared my age. It's okay. I've embraced it. Um, I didn't have an Atari. I will say that. But uh, Sega Genesis, and I love the fact that whenever you got frustrated with the game, and um, you just couldn't seem to get to the next level or, or beat your next score, whatever that was, it, whatever that is, you could just push that one button and everything was erased and you get to start over again. We intentionally want to call this series that because as we start off and we kick off this year, there's some things in our lives that we don't need to bring in. I, can, can you agree with me that there's some things that may have been part of our life, part of our identity in 2023 and even years before that, that does not need to be part of 2024? And, and we want to just push reset. And that's what I want to talk to you today about the battle of becoming. The battle of becoming who God wants you to be. He said, I came to give you life and to give it to you in abundance. But some of us in this room are just existing because there's a difference between breathing. And living the life that God wants you to live. Being in survival mode and just just trying to make it to tomorrow. And really thriving on all cylinders in the place that God wants you to be. So I want to jump right in. Because many of us in this place are dealing with a struggle, not so much on the outside, but on the inside. And it's the battle of becoming who God wants me to be, the best version of myself. So when I think of this, there's one particular gentleman in the Bible that stands out, and his name is Jacob. You may have heard his name. He was the grandson of Abraham. God is often referred to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So what a lot of people fail to realize, if you don't go into Scripture, is that, or maybe you've overlooked it, Jacob had a twin brother. His name was Esau. Esau, the Bible says that he came out of the womb hairy and red. Help a brother out. And Esau is born right before the subject of our topic today, Jacob. And the Bible tells us that there, were, there was a fight that went on in the womb. That so much that when Esau came out, Jacob grabbed his heel. It was, a, it was just a fight on the inside, and his life was marked by a struggle. His life was marked by that. How many of us in this place are going through a struggle? Or you're struggling with something in your life, and, and there's a fight going on daily, wrestling our finances, with our emotions, with our stability, with our identity, wrestling with our parents, our faith, our mind, our future. And you think to yourself, my life would be so much better if I didn't have this one thing. My life would be so much better if I could just get rid of this. 
I want to tell you as we begin 2024 that God can settle the wrestling that's going on on the inside. God can settle the conflict of what is taking place on the inside. Let's look at Genesis 32, 22 and 30. That night Jacob got up and he took his two wives, his two female servants, his 11 sons and crossed the fort of Jabbok. And after he had sent them across the stream, he sent over all his possessions. So Jacob was left alone. Jacob was left alone. Can I tell you that that's often the time when God can do his best work in our lives. The time when we feel like we're in solidarity. We're alone. No one is there. And the Bible says this, and a man wrestled with him till daybreak. The key word there is wrestled. There was a conflict going on, but I want to take a minute to explain the man that is referenced here. In theology, there are appearances of God that take place in a human form, oftentimes in Scripture. In Joshua chapter 5, the Bible tells us that Joshua is about to confront. Joshua chapter 6 is where the battle of Jericho takes place. But before Joshua 6 happens, Joshua 5 happens, Joshua is in a moment of conflict on the inside. And the Bible tells us that a man with a sword in his hand appeared to him. We believe this to be God that showed up to him to encourage him. And to let him know that he was with him. That's one instance. But if you also remember Daniel chapter 3, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Bible tells us that, that the king issued a decree and said that everyone had to, at the sound of the, of the trumpets and everything that took place, that they all had to bow down and worship the idol that, that the king had made. But these, these three Hebrew boys had, had already made the decision in their mind that, no, we will not bow down to, to this God. We're not going to compromise our faith, our beliefs. There is one God. There is one God, and the Bible says that they refused, and the king threw them into the fiery furnace. And if you remember that there were three that were thrown in, but all of a sudden they, they tell each other, the people that are watching, hey, didn't we throw in three? Um, because I see a fourth one in the fire. I see a fourth one in the fire, and he has the image of the, the son, of, of son of man. And we know that God showed up there. So God met Jacob. At this place called Peniel. And when the man saw, the Bible tells us, that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched. So this leads us to understand that Jacob was fighting against God so hard. Fighting God so hard. And that's, that could be a picture of where some of us are living our lives here today. We're fighting God. He was fighting God so hard that God had to touch him in a way that crippled him. And I want to tell you that some of us in this place, we may be going through something difficult. And could it be that God is using that very thing to get our attention to do the work that he wants to do in our lives? Let's keep reading. As he wrestled with the man, then the man said, let me go for it is daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. 
That is my prayer for 2024. I will not let you go unless you bless me. I will not let you go. I'm not going to go another year with the same problems that I've had year after year after year. I'm not going to go through this year with the same issues, with the same craziness that has happened. I'm not going to let you go. God, I'm going to get a hold of you, and I'm not going to let you go until something shifts. Until something changes, until you bless me, I'm going to show up. I'm going to be consistent. It's that kind of attitude to have God put an end to the wrestling that's going on on the inside. The man asked him this. He said, what is your name? So it's like he's saying, tell me about who you are. Tell me the labels that you have taken on. Tell me your identity. Tell me about your past. Tell me about your seat. Who are you? Who are you? He says, Jacob. Jacob, he answered. In the Old Testament, Jacob meant heel grabber. Heel grabber. A picture of always being behind and trying to pull somebody back just to get ahead. One translation means that Jacob means deceiver or trickster. So when he tells him, my name is Jacob, it's in essence, we could look at it from the perspective of, I've lived my life deceiving people, full of lies. And and when you understand the the story of Jacob that we'll cover here in just a bit, that's exactly what he did. It was a deceitful life. A life full of lies. And for some of us, when God starts to work in us, we tell him, God, I don't know because this is who I am. These are the labels that I have. This is what you have to work with. Then the man said this, your name will no longer be Jacob. Your name will no longer be Jacob. That's my prayer for you. You may have been Jacob your whole life. You may have struggled with those issues your whole life. You may have been addicted your whole life. You may have been in those bad habits your whole life. But this year, today, this could be the year that God would change some things deep down on the inside and make us new. I want to encourage you today that you can change, that the God that we serve, he can still make prince, he can still make prisoners, he can turn prisoners into princes. The God that we serve, I want to encourage you today that you can be different, that you no longer have to be the person you've been. And you can say, well, I've always struggled with this. And if you knew my family history, you would know I am the way I am because of, because of what environment I was brought in. Well, I want to tell you, you can be somebody new in Christ. In him, we're all a new creation. And I love, I love the way God tells Jacob, you're no longer going to be who you have been. The person, you're no longer going to be that person struggling with addiction. You're no longer going to be a deceiver. You're no longer going to be depressed. You'll no longer be bound by anxiety that this day can be the, the, the first day of the rest of your life. That this can be the day. From this day forward, 
where God can do something new in your life. He says, your name will no longer be Jacob but Israel because you have struggled with God and with humans and you have overcome. Jacob said, please tell me your name. But he replied, why do you ask my name? Then he blessed him there. So Jacob called the place Peniel saying, it is because I saw God face to face and yet my life was spared. Many of us are wrestling between who we are right now and who we're supposed to be. You may be in here today struggling with the thought, when I looked at my life, I didn't think it was going to look this way. When you looked at it, you didn't think you would be facing the heartache and the issues that you have faced to this point. And you say, this is not how I imagined it would be. This is the reality of my life right now. But yet deep down on the inside, you know you have a sense of purpose that, that, that this is not all that, that God has for you. That because just because you've been in this place, in this position, just because you've been struggling with this and, and, and fighting this doesn't mean that the rest of your life has to be like that. that. That you have a sense of, you know what, maybe things can get better and maybe things can change. And maybe God has a person that, that I really can be and I am caught somewhere in between who I have been and who God wants me to be. And there's a conflict and there's a wrestling match. That's taking on on the inside. If you look at Jacob's life, there are three wrestling matches that stand out. Three instances that stand out. Royal Rumble, SummerSlam, and WrestleMania. Sorry, I thought you needed a laugh right there. All the, all the WWF fans know exactly what I'm talking about. There's three things, and, and there's three things, and there's things that we can learn here to help stop the wrestling in our lives. The first thing is wrestling with our past. Too many what ifs. Have you ever found yourself asking yourself the question, what if I wouldn't have done that? What if I wouldn't have made that choice? What if I would have gone to school? What if I wouldn't have gone to school? What if I would have chosen a different path? Calculating where things went wrong and we find ourselves, find ourselves just consumed with that. If I would have done things different. If I would have taken a different approach. And you sit and you look at yourself in the mirror and you ask yourself, how in the world did I get here? Instead of, of taking that, instead of taking the experiences and whatever it is and saying, this is where I'm at. Where do I get to the next point? How do I get to the next point? We, we use our energy. In a wrong way, just constantly thinking about what could have been. 
if I would have done something different. Obsessed with the past. Jacob, I see this in Jacob's life. He wanted to be number one. Jacob didn't name, and, and the interesting part about it is obviously, you know, a child doesn't name themselves. Jacob didn't name himself, but he was labeled by his parents. And he lives out eventually what he was labeled. And some of us in this place are carrying labels that weren't even given to us, that, that were given to us, that we had no choice in. And we're just carrying that around. And we have to know that God doesn't want that for us. And I want to tell somebody in this place and just encourage you that we can't go back and change the beginning. But we can start from where we are and change the ending. I can't go back and change anything. But I can start from where I'm at. You know what? I've made a lot of bad choices. Yes, I own it. But this day, from this day forward, I believe that I can be better. I can be who God has called me to be. To take that mindset and to embrace it as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. That we would say, you know what? Yes, I, I have been that all my life. But this year, I'm deciding to start. And, and embrace who God has called me to be. The people of Israel find themselves moving away from God. And, and they had made bad choice after bad choice. And in this state, in their state of just wandering away from God little by little. And maybe that's where you find yourself. The Bible tells us this in Deuteronomy chapter 4 and verse 29. But if from there, I love that scripture. If from there, if from there, I don't know where you're at, but you know, and I want to tell you, but if from there, let that sink in for a little bit. I don't know how many mistakes you've made. I don't know how many failures you've experienced. Wherever there is for you, you may say, I don't even know how I got here. But if from there, the Bible says, you seek the Lord your God, you will find him if you seek him with all your heart and with all your soul. That's encouraging to me today. Wherever you're at, if from that place, if from that place of low self-esteem, if, if, if that from that place of an, a broken identity or a broken relationship, if from that place you turn to God and you seek him with your whole heart, you can find him. We may be at different places all over this house today, but wherever you're at, there's hope because of his word. Look what God says through Isaiah, Isaiah 43. It says, forget the former things, do not dwell on the past. He says, see, I am doing a new thing, now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? It's kind of like, can't, can't you see it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. You know that that's practically impossible to do, but from wherever you are, can I tell you that God can make a way? He can make a way for you to come back to him. There's still a way. But I've made too many mistakes. There's still a way. But I've failed too many times. Well, the Bible says seven times a righteous falls, but seven times he gets back up again. Dust yourself off. Get back on track. He wrestled with his past. And the second thing is this. He wrestled with his secrets. And maybe that's some of us in this place today, wrestling with our secrets. Jacob 
was named a deceiver before he ever started deceiving. But he started living out what he was labeled. And he so badly wanted his, his father's blessing, but the blessing would always go to the oldest. And there was a reason for this. And it's not because God was trying to be impartial. No, it's because if something happened to the father, God intended for the oldest to be able to care for the rest of the family. But Jacob didn't see it that way. Jacob just saw it. He's going to get all the blessing. It's all going to go to him. So one day, the Bible tells us that Esau was, was a man's man. He was a hunter. He would go out. Jacob would hang out with his mom Esau, the Bible tells us, he comes in from hunting and he's hungry. And Jacob says this, he says, I'll, I'll give you some food if you give me your birthright. And watch what takes place here for a temporary appetite. Esau gave up his blessing. Can I tell you that that just stands out to me, that for a temporary decision, we can give up. Some things in our lives. And even though Esau was good with it, Jacob wasn't sure that his dad Isaac would, would buy this. So what, the, what, is I, what does Jacob do? The Bible tells us that Jacob put the fur of an animal because Esau was hairy. Um, put the fur of the animal on his, on his arms and, and Isaac couldn't see very well. So he comes up to him. I can imagine he, he fixed the lighting. To, for, to, to make it ad, to his advantage because he was a deceiver. And he comes in and, and Isaac feels the arms and, and thinks that, that it's Esau and gives the blessing to Jacob. But Isaac only blessed the pretender. Jacob got what he wanted. Yes, he did. But he was miserable the rest of his life even though he had this blessing because he did it in a deceitful way. Because God cannot bless who I pretend to be. God cannot bless who I pretend to be. And one of the most powerful realities of Scripture is found in Proverbs 28, 13. He who conceals his sins, if you hide them, does not prosper. But whoever confesses and renounces them, in other words, you confess and you turn away from them, finds mercy. The one, the Bible says, the one who has the guts to take the mask off and say, God, this is who I really am. I'm struggling with this on the inside. David said this in Psalms 32. He said, when I refuse to confess my sin, my body wasted away. And I groaned all day long. He was miserable. Day and night, your hand of discipline was heavy on me. And look what he says. My strength evaporated like water in the summer heat. You can, you can picture that taking place in the reality. But some of us may be dealing with this on the inside. You feel this massive amount of energy that's just constantly leaving your body. You're sleeping at night, but you're not at rest. You think it's the way you're spending your time, but really it's the condition of your soul and your heart 
It's the condition of what's going on on the inside because we haven't repented before God. And it's eating away at us slowly, slowly. It's the wrestling match going on on the inside with the secrets that I have that I need to bring to God. Because watch what David said. He said, finally... I reached that point where it was just wearing at me and it was just just overwhelming. Finally, I confessed all my sins to you and stopped trying to hide my guilt. I said to myself, if I will confess my rebellion to the Lord and you forgave me, all my guilt is gone. I just want to tell you there's hope. Maybe you've hidden some stuff from God, but there's hope today. You just bring it to him. Finally, I confess my sins, he said. And you forgave me. And the last thing is this. We wrestle with our past. We've wrestled with secrets. And the last thing is we wrestle with God. You can search for anything to stop the conflict on the inside. That's why you'll notice people will will jump from one thing to the other. It can be one vice to another vice. It can be one relationship to another relationship. One drug to another drug. You can search for something to stop the conflict on the inside, but you'll find yourself coming back to God. Jacob tried everything. He tried getting the right marriage. He tried getting the right money. He tried getting the right cattle. He tried giving his brother Esau stuff. He tried taking away stuff from Esau. He tried living with Esau. He tried living away from Esau. And in the end, he had to come back to God. I can save you a whole lot of money, a whole lot of heartache, and a whole lot of time. If I I just tell you today, stop trying anything else. There's only one that can fill the void that's on the inside, and his name is Jesus. You can search far and wide, and you know what? And if I don't convince you today, it's okay. Life will convince you. Some of us have lived that reality that, that things will come and go, and, and thing in this life will, will fluctuate. It will ebb and flow, but God remains the same. Only God can can meet that need. And that's why the Holy Spirit says this in Hebrews chapter 3, verse 7. That is why the Holy Spirit says, today when you hear his voice, as God speaks to you, don't harden your hearts as Israel did when they rebelled. What does that mean for, like, here right now? Well, for you to be thinking, well, I don't know. What, what will my friends say? What will, what will people say? I, or I don't know. I've been like this for 50 years. Why even try? The, the, the Bible keeps telling us when they, they tested me in the wilderness. There your ancestors tested and tried my patience. So so God is teaching the New Testament church based off of the Old Testament experience. He's saying, can you learn from their mistakes? 
Can you learn from their mistakes? They tried me, and even though they saw my miracles for 40 years, so I was angry with them, and I said, their hearts always turn away from me. They refuse to do what I tell them, so in my anger, I took an oath that they will never enter my place of rest. That's, that's pretty strong, but, but it speaks life to us because we can either take God at his word or not. Never rest. They would never rest. So what do we do? First thing is this, we got to give up being in control. Jacob always had his own solutions, always tried to connive the situation and tried to make it work out the way he wanted it to, but he decided that night to leave his possessions, to leave what he owned. You could say he left his mindset, he left his way of doing things, and he went to go meet with God. And here is what we find out that, that brokenness precedes breakthrough or brokenness goes before breakthrough. It's, it's when you get to that point. It's when you get to that point of saying, I've tried this, I've tried that, I've gone there, I've, I've done that. And you finally reach the point of frustration. You finally reach the point of where you're tired deep down on the inside and you say, I can't. And you come to that realization and say, I can't. David said this in Psalms 51:17, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O God. You will not despise. He's near to those that are brokenhearted. And when we come to him in humility, look what the Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 5. It says, God opposes the proud. But shows favor to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he would lift you up, that he may lift you up in due time. So God responds when I give my whole life to God. He responds when I give my whole life to him. So can I tell you, let's go all in. Let's go all in. Can you imagine what would happen if all of us, Went all in, all year, and just said, God, have your way. God, do what you want to do in my life because I know you have good plans for me. Stop wrestling. Let there be peace on the inside. Let there be a calmness on the inside. And let God do the work. If you want God's best, you got to go all in. Look what Jesus said in Mark chapter 8, 34, calling the crowd to join his disciples. So he's, he's recruiting. And he says, anyone who intends to come with me has to let me lead. I love the way the message translation says, you're not in the driver's seat. I am. And I know that that's hard for some of us in this place because some of us, like, 
look at it just in the natural. You don't even let your wife drive. You got to drive. You got to drive because you got to have a certain amount of control of, of how the vehicle is being driven. So you take the natural and you look at the spiritual. Some of us say, you know what? God, if I, if I say I surrender all, what, what's going to happen? So, so we keep part of the control for us because we think that our ways, I can manage the situation a lot better than God can. He says, I'm in the driver's seat. Not you. And I want to end by telling you this, that if you let him lead your life, it will be the best year of your life. If you let him lead your life, it will be the best year of your life. And if not, you come find me on December the 31st. But I'm so confident in it that if you let him lead your life, it will be the best season of your life. That you will see his hand over your life, over your marriage, over your family, or whatever you are involved in that you will see him just, you will see favor. So C.S. Lewis said this, I become my own only when I give myself to another. Notice that another is capitalized. I become my own only when I give myself to another. I want to become who he has called me to be. I want to become who he has called me to be. Father, I thank you today for your word that encourages us, for your word that challenges us. Thank you for your unconditional love. God, but we're here because we want to Never take advantage of your goodness and your grace, God. We want to do our part to live the life that you've called us to live. God, I thank you right now that you're, you're bringing peace and you're settling the uneasiness in someone's life that has been wrestling with their past, that has been wrestling with their secrets, that has been wrestling with you trying to fight you, trying to fight in these different areas of life. God, right now we surrender to you. We want to go all in, all year, and see what you can do. So God, right now, the issues, the past issues, the secret issues, the God issues, God, that you would put an end to it all. That we would walk into this new season and be who you have called us to be. With every head bowed and every eye closed, some of us in this place today haven't taken the first step of giving our life to Jesus. And I want to stop right now. You're that important to God that he'll, he'll leave the 99 and he'll go after the one. 
And maybe this year you say, yeah, this is the year I want to start it off right. And I, I have not accepted Jesus as the Lord of my life. And you want to make that choice today. Every head bowed, every eye closed. You're carrying your hurt. You're carrying shame. You're carrying guilt. It's eating away at you. And you say, God, I need you to come in and be the Lord of my life. You're in the driver's seat. I'm not. If that is you, every head bowed, every eye closed, I want to invite you, you that you would raise your hand right where you're at. I see you. I, I see you. I see you in this place right now. I see you. I want to invite everybody at the sound of my voice to pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, thank you for this indescribable gift. I open my heart. I invite you to come in to be the Lord of my life. Give me your peace. Give me your joy. Let me live the life you died to give me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Can we clap our hands for all that received him today? Can you stand with me? It is, my, it is my prayer and it's my intent and it's my desire for you to experience all that God has for you in every aspect of your life. And God can put an end to the struggle going on on the inside. God can put an end to the battle that's been constant year after year. And all you have to say is, I surrender it to you, Lord. Walk into who he has called you to be. Walk into who he has called you to be. So I want to invite you this moment, as we enter this moment of worship, if, as we pray together, as we worship together, if, if you just want to take a step and just say, God, I just, I'm going to take this step and I'm going to come, I want to draw closer to you in 2024. And maybe you want to take this step as a symbol of uh, there's some things I'm leaving behind to come to embrace who you want me to be and who you're calling me to be. Where, wherever you find yourself, maybe you need healing in your body. Maybe you need restoration deep down on the inside. Whatever you need, can I just tell you, we have people that want to pray with you and for you, and we're here to believe God's best over your life. So right now, Father, I thank you. I thank you that you know no impossibility. I thank you that you know no difficulty. God, I thank you right now. I thank you right now that regardless of what the situation in my life has looked like, God, I can right now be who you have called me to be. Right now, God, that you would meet us in this place just as you met Jacob in that place. That our lives would be forever changed. That our lives would be marked by a new and fresh encounter with you. That it would be said that we left this place and we left our hurt, we left our past, we left our lies, we left who we have been at the altar and we walked away, God, a new person. That we are able to walk into who you have called us to be right now, God. We bring to you every need, every hurt, everything that is in our lives that we need to lay at your feet we bring it to you 
and we just trust you for it. We know that you will do it, that you will perform it, that he who has begun the good work in us, he is faithful to complete it. I thank you, God, for being faithful to your word and for doing what you say you can do.